In the name of Jesus, amen. On Good Friday, some years ago, I mentioned a scene Ernest Hemingway writes of in one of his fictional short stories. He tells of the Spanish father who decides to reconcile with his son, Paco, who had gone off the rails somehow and run away to Madrid. The father, who so loves his son, can't stand being estranged any longer, takes out an ad in the El Liberal newspaper, Paco, meet me at Hotel Montana, noon Tuesday, all is forgiven, Papa. Paco is a common name in Spain. And when the father goes to the square in front of the hotel, he finds 800 young men named Paco waiting for their fathers. 800 sons longing for a father's embrace. I don't know where Hemingway came up with the idea for that, but maybe he came up with it thinking about the story we heard in our gospel reading from Luke chapter 15, what we sometimes call the parable of the prodigal son. 800 prodigal sons loitering in the square waiting for their fathers. The story of the prodigal son is one of the most powerful in Scripture. In his little book about the parable, Henri Nouwen writes of it, all of the gospel is there. All of my life is there. All of the lives of my friends is there. The 800 sons from Hemingway's story tells us why the prodigal is so powerful. Because so many of us, all of us in one way or another, even if it's not with an actual father, but for many it is, it was for Hemingway, his mother once mailed him a cake along with a gun his father had used to kill himself. Imagine that. But even if it's not with an actual father, we all long for that kind of all is forgiven. All that matters is that you are my child, fathers. Embrace. If we're Christians, if we're Christians, what breaks our hearts open to God is that we've come to know him as that father. The father who no matter how many times we tell him to drop dead and go fleeing off into some distant country is always there waiting for our return waiting on the hillside to hike up his robes and run and tackle us with kisses. And before we can get our excuses out of our mouths, Father, I have sinned and against heaven and earth. I can't be your son. Let me be a, a servant. Before we can start groveling our way back into his good graces with some stupid sob story about how we'll be better next time, quickly, he says. What a gospel word, that. Quickly. And he's already ordered the best robes, not just any, but the best robe and a ring for our finger. Already uh, slaughtered the fattened calf. Already ordered the band to start tuning up because the one who's lost has been found. The one who is dead is alive. All the gospel is there. All of my life is there. Again, I don't know if it inspired Hemingway or not, but this parable of Jesus has inspired lots of artists. Well, once upon a sermon, I talked uh, about uh, maybe the most famous one, the, the painting that actually inspired that book that Henri Nouwen wrote, uh, Rembrandt's Return of the Prodigal Son. Stunning work, which used to be my favorite, but I, I now have a new one. It's on the back of your bulletin, actually, painted in the 17th century by a Spaniard named Bartolome Murillo, who I don't know anything about except what I read from Wikipedia, which included, for example, Details like that he was orphaned at age 10 
and that he never used his father's surname. Putting things like that together make me wonder if he painted the scene as one himself longing for the embrace of a father he could never receive. It too is a stunning work. Uh, Of course, in the center is the old man, seemingly a bit larger than any of the other figures. He's pulling his son, his ragged and shoeless son, to himself. The son has his hands clasped with that stupid speech he'd memorized. But it's no matter, for the royal robes and ring are already there. The calf already being let in. And then the little dog. (laughs) That's why it's my favorite. Might not be as uh, technically perfect as Rembrandt's whatever, but that little dog. Last time I preached in this text, I didn't have a dog, but now I do and now I get it. (laughs) The son is not just welcomed by the father, but by this little dog. And isn't that just like a little dog? No matter what, no matter where you've been, no matter uh, how long you've been gone or what you were doing there, when you get home, there he is running in circles. He might even pee himself in excitement. Thinking about these verses this week and coming home, my own uh, little Leo welcoming me absolutely nuts like he hadn't seen me in years. You know what this looks like if you have a, if you have a dog. Like that little dog in the painting, his tail curled up. Bartolome Murillo must have had a dog. It's not, of course, in the parable, but he knew there must have been one. The family dog, there's kind of a, a doubling, a, a driving home, that no matter what, you are forgiven. I don't care where you've been or even if you leave again tomorrow as long as you're home. Love. It's such a beautiful scene. Or is it? Or is it? I've been building it up as unquestionably wonderful, but that's partly been for the purpose of wondering whether it really is. At least that's the question that Jesus is asking through the parable. If you listen to the reading, you know that I've only spoken of and the painting only tells of about half of it. And you know that when Jesus first told the parable, he wasn't telling it to people who would simply smile at a scene like this one or the one in the back of your bulletin. No, they were nauseated by it. And they were nauseated by it precisely because Jesus had been acting it out before he told it. Now the tax collectors and sinners, that is, the prodigals, were all drawing near to hear Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives that he welcomes like a family dog, receives sinners and eats with them. He fires up the band and dances with them. So Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The prodigal son. The one who'd done everything wrong and everyone knew it and wandered into the distant country, call him Paco after Hemingway. Paco, who's welcomed, uh, whose welcome gets portrayed in all the famous paintings, but there's another son too. Let's call him Pablo, the elder, the dutiful son, the one who'd done everything right. The one who's not in the painting because when his loser brother came home was out in the field doing what he was supposed to do like he'd always done. Pablo. Resentful. Jealous. 
I don't have to be in first place, but behind Paco. Pablo. Pablo, will you, can you love a father who loves prodigals too? That's the question. It's the one Jesus was asking when he first told the story, and that's the one he's asking right now, asking of us. Because while many of us have had our prodigal moments, my guess, I could be wrong, but my guess is that in a church like ours, more of us are more like Pablo than like Paco. You've been dutiful children. I mean, yes, poor, miserable sinners and all that, but by and by, uh, uh, by and large, kept their noses clean, at least lately. How do you respond? How do we Pablos respond when we see a Paco, maybe not just treated the same, but actually treated better, getting along better than dutiful Pablos like you and me? As Jesus tells the story, notice that when Paco comes back, he gets not only a robe, but the best robe. Bring the best robe, the father says. Notice or not, Pablo certainly did. And finds him nauseating. Okay, dad, let him back, whatever, if that's your, your, your thing. Here's a pair of my worn out Levi's and some slightly smelly Crocs with a loose strap. But the best robe? And new shoes? Better than mine? Come on! Look at this. It's wonderful that we got that woman coming out of rehab a car, wasn't it? But did it have to be a shiny new one? I've been working my butt off here. I'm still driving a 2003 Corolla. Uh, Fine, Dad. The boy had to eat, but the fattened calf? I've never even got a skinny goat for me and my friends. It's hard for Pablo's to smile at a Paco's embrace, isn't it? I know this pastor who's actually a, a former pastor. He's really talented. He publishes a lot of wonderful things. He's, he's always posting pictures on Facebook of him with his wife going to these great places often for speaking engagements. And it bothers me. It bothers me seeing those. It bothers me because I know the happy lady in the Facebook pic is his third wife that he cheated rather publicly on his first wife, divorced her, married another, divorced her, and then spent a few years being drunk and having lots of sex with a lot of women before coming to himself. It's the language from the parable, the prodigal. He came to himself, returning to his father and all that. In the end, this guy's story is a pretty great one of redemption and the breadth and beauty and restorative power of God's grace. I read the book where he tells about it in all the, the gritty details. But it still bothers me. When I see and hear how well he's doing, how seemingly happy he is, and even how God is using him for great things, it still bothers me. Just forgiven, and that's it. What about all the people he damaged along the way, etc., etc.? Anyway, it bothers me. And most of all, it bothers me that it bothers me. Because that, it bothers me, tells me that the elder brother is alive and well, too well, inside of me. And I don't think I'm alone in that kind of thinking. 
that kind of thinking, that kind of thing, being a kind of heart that way too easily holds on to resentment. That gets weirdly jealous of the sinners out there having fun. I think there's a bit of that in there too. That for all we eye a poor miserable sinner and all we harp on and hear our pastor harp about that no matter what forgiveness, grace, and mercy of God, we are not so comfortable seeing ourselves as poor and as miserable as a loser like our brother Paco and in need of quite as much forgiveness as the likes of him. When fellow Pablos, the hard truth is we need more. Paco had his distant country with its wine and its women, one that he actually went to. Pablos like us, those whose most pressing sins are things like resentment and jealousy and grudges, And constantly comparing ourselves and our merits and demerits with those around us, we go far into the distant country, far from our Father, without ever leaving the room. Heck, maybe without even leaving the pew. (laughs) Paco knew he was lost, and so did everyone else. It's hard to hide prostitutes and pig food. It's harder for us, Pablos, because the sins are easier to hide. As someone said to me just the other day, It's a lot easier to give up liquor than resentment. Luke 15, 28. And his father came out and entreated him. The father went out to Pablo. There are not many paintings of the father going out to the elder brother. Not many paintings of that scene, but there should be. Of the same Father going out with the same love, with an even greater love. For, for a love like that, only a greater love can begin to melt our resentful, jealous hearts. Goes out with an even greater passion, even greater longing to gather that elder son who for years has carried his distant country in his heart. If I had any artistic talent, it's that scene which I would paint. The Father, along with that ever-gracious dog, embracing his elder son. With an always forgiven, all that matters is that you are my child, love. Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. Those are the Father's words in the parable, and they are, and they are your Father's words to you. Whether you're a Pablo or a Paco, or let's be honest, we're all a mix of both, your Heavenly Father's words to you. The words of the Father who has given his very Son that you might be his own forever. The Father who even now invites you to a feast, which is a foretaste of a greater feast to come. He invites all the Pablos and all the Pacos to come to his table with bread and wine and body and blood to receive his. All is forgiven, Papa. The Father's words to the elder Son are your heavenly Father's words to you right now because you really need to hear them. Child. You are always with me, and all that I have is yours. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.